Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh, yes. Back from Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Trump rally. My first time, you would think on television that I would not stand out in the sun all day long and get a sunburn. I don't feel that bad, though, today. I'll tell you, I don't feel that bad today. Welcome in the Matlock Show. I am Matlock. I am fresh off of an airplane out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, back into the bunker here in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, thank you for being along for the ride. Find me over on Real Matt Lock on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor. You can find me on the Cartel Matt or the Matlock Show on Facebook, or just go to my website, thematlockshow.com. And if you're there, click on the Ver Forever link, CBD oil. It's fantastic for you. It does a lot of things for you. There's all kinds of codes over at Verb Forever. If you're a first-time purchaser of CBD oil, you can use Verb 50, V-E-R-V-E 50. You get 50% off that initial order. Plus, if you spend more than $100, you'll get free shipping. It's unbelievable. TheMatlockShow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Hit that Verve Forever link. Get your CBD oil, your cream. We just ordered another bottle for our dog. They've got it for pets. They've got it for you. It works. TheMatlockShow.com. Hit that Verve Forever link. Hit Verb 50 if you're the first-time buyer. Get 50% off. I think uh, Harvest 25 is going on right now. You can get 25% off. I think Verve 20 runs all the time. So your pick, uh, Verve Forever. Hit that link at TheMatlockShow.com. Do it now. Um, I have to tell you. Today's podcast is delayed because of President Trump. That dude never gets tired of winning. (laughs) Now, let me tell, if you've been following me this morning on Twitter, my flight out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, was supposed to to depart at around 940 uh, Mountain Time. And that was the earliest I could get out out of New Mexico. No, I think it was the second earliest. The, the first earliest was like 6 a.m. I said, screw that. I didn't even get to bed last night until almost midnight. I mean, we were at that rally. I'm going to talk a little bit about the rally today. Fantastic for the first time I've ever been at a rally with America's Voice News. You can catch Lock and Load, by the way, my show on America's Voice News. Monday through Friday, 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, America's Voice News. Find them on your iPhone, your Android, Roku, uh, smart uh, Amazon Fire Stick. Apple TV, you name it, YouTube, we're there, Facebook, all that stuff. But uh, I'll be back. Uh, the the uh, live television show will start back up tomorrow. I will have my customary hat back on. They would not let me wear my hat. And I don't say that as a bad thing, but, uh, you know, I never go outside without a hat on. And my pasty white forehead is now the color of red. And it's... It's really not sore. I'm going to put some aloe vera on it tonight. I got golf league tonight on top of everything else. And then I got to do some, I got to do all kinds of things. I'm so busy right now. It's amazing. My life right now is so blessed with everything going on in it. I I can't even explain it to you, you know. And and I want to say this too, before I get into all this stuff from Albuquerque. Um, Did you get the chance to hear my interview yesterday with Rudy Reyes? If you have not, I'm going to say right now, if you're listening to today's program, and you're listening to me babble on about what happened out in Albuquerque and my travels and all this stuff. I got a few stories selected, but this is going to be pretty much an off-the-cuff because, I mean, I literally just walked into my house about 10 minutes ago, threw my suitcase on the bed, threw my contacts in, came in here, picked out a couple stories I had shared on Twitter that I had read last night, and I'm going to tell you about my, my, my last three days. This is going to be today's podcast because I want to get it out there and it's already late, but 
I'll tell you why it's late here in a minute. If you do not, if you did not listen to the interview I had yesterday with Rudy Reyes, former Force Recon Marine actor, just all around Billy Badass, go back and listen to that interview. And I'll tell you, I was going to talk about the Democrat debate after I pre-recorded that interview. Because I pre-recorded that interview on Saturday because I was traveling Sunday to Albuquerque. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll interview for I'll interview Rudy for, you know, 25, 30 minutes. I didn't want to take a lot of his time. And then I'll just use the other half of the program to talk about the Democrats and how ridiculous they are, right? Well, I started into that interview, and, and you're going to hear it. I mean, we talk about being a man. We talk about philosophy. We talk about passion. We talk about energy. We talk about the environment. We talk about what Rudy does. It was so intriguing. That interview was so intriguing to me. I did not want to tarnish it by talking about anything else. So yesterday's podcast, for those of you who listen, was only 48 minutes long, not the normal 60 minutes, because I didn't want to put anything else with that. It was amazing in all aspects. I have to tell you, I, I've gotten comments back from some of you who have listened to it. You're, you're right. An amazing, an amazing, an amazing episode of the Matlock Show. I don't know how I'll ever top that, to be honest with you. That guy, I mean, I'm not worthy. I literally am not worthy. The guy is just unbelievable. He's unbelievable. I don't know how else to say it. The dude is unbelievable. So not even worthy, but anyway. So you got to go back and listen to the interview I had with Rudy Reyes yesterday. It is so fantastic. But um, Albuquerque, let's talk a little bit. The Trump rally happened out in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, which is kind of like a suburb. Well, I don't know if it's really a suburb. It's just right up the road from Albuquerque, right? And uh, President Trump was in New Mexico, and of course... Um, I'm late today. I'm late today. So I get up this morning after uh, covering the rally last night for America's Voice News, which was fantastic, by the way. I'll get into that in a minute. But at, got up this morning, had my Uber all scheduled. I had to be at the airport because my flight was at 930. So, you know, I'm figuring the airport's going to be a zoo. You got to get there a couple hours early, so 730. So I scheduled an Uber for 630. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, if we run into any traffic, people are going to work. I want to make sure I get there on time so I can get back here and get everything done I need to get done today, right? So I get to the airport, check in my bag, get through security. It took me about, it probably took a good 40 minutes. So I realistically, you know, I got to the airport about, it's about 6.35, and it took me about another 40 minutes, so it was about 10.15 after 7. No sooner than I sit down to wait for my flight, because the flight's leaving at 9.30, boarding at 9. So I've, I've got about an hour and 45 minutes, hour and 50 minutes. My phone chirps. It's delayed. My flight is delayed by 30 minutes. I'm like, son of a bitch. So now it's not 9.30. It's going to be 10. So I said, okay. I'm sitting there, and I'm reading my Vince Flynn novel. I'm going through the novels now. I'm on executive power. I think it's number five because I like to read them in order. So I'm reading my Vince Flynn book, and then the guy comes over to the loudspeaker, and he says, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are getting ready to fly out because the flight had, uh, had just landed from wherever it was coming in from. Wherever the, the the Southwest flight, the plane had come in from, it had just landed and there were 68 people on board. And he says, there's 68 people on board. We got to hurry up because Air Force One, the president's plane, is over in the hangar and they're getting ready to fly the president off. And I'm like, crap. Because I know. I know whenever the president's in town, I would have figured he flew out last night after the rally. But he didn't because he had a fundraiser this morning. But what everybody was saying. But when the president flies out of any airport, when he flies down here at Love, they shut down air traffic within 30 miles of the airport for security reasons. They shut the airport down, and the president comes in, and they do all the stuff. And, of course, president's in the big Air Force One, the 747, the, or seven, the big old one. I, I think it's the 747, the four-engine one. So, you know, the guy's like, look, we're going to get these 68 people off the plane. We're going to get the 120 people on the plane that need to go to Dallas-Fort Worth. And if you hurry... We might beat the president in the air. And if we do that, you're good. You'll be on your way and you won't have to sit on the tarmac in the plane and wait, right? So all the 68 people get off. They do a fantastic job of cleaning the plane and all that. You know, it takes about 10 minutes. They start loading us up. So everybody's loading up and the, in, in, in the, in the stewardess are saying, you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. The faster you get back there, pick your seat, da-da-da-da, get your bag in, in the overhead bin, the faster we can get out to the runway and take off, right? Everybody gets sat down. I mean, it was crazy. I've never seen a plane boarded faster. Plane probably held about 150 people, probably had about 120 on it. So not a completely full plane, 
but enough people, right? So all these people get set down. Everybody gets their bags in the overhead bins. Everybody's good, and we're all waiting. And the stewardess looks at us and says, well, we're still waiting for them to finish up topping off the gas, the fuel. I was like, crap. So we're sitting there, and then I hear it over the radio. Um, yeah, airport's closed down. President Trump is going to be flying out in the next 15 minutes. Crap. So once again, <laughs> today's podcast brought to you late by President Donald Trump. Thanks, Donald Trump. He always wins. I, I don't know. I, I wonder if he's I wonder if he's tired of winning. I wonder if our president is tired of winning because he always wins. All I had to do was get my plane out in front of his and be to Dallas and we could have done that. So I got delayed by about 45 minutes. Thanks, President. He always wins, though. You ever notice that? The president seems like he just got that air. He just always wins. And you know, my wife always, she yells at me a lot. Well, she hasn't, let's not, I won't say, I won't throw her under the bus of yelling, right? But she's always telling me I need to be more humble, which I'm a confident guy, right? I mean, I'm a confident guy. An athlete, you know, I was at the top of my game. I was a high profile very successful, very good pitcher in high school and college. And I've always been very confident in my abilities, right? That's just that air that Trump exudes. It's like he's confident in everything he does. Not because he's cocky, not because he's arrogant, but because with experience and success, it tells him he can do it. So I'm going to tell you, we're going to talk about the Albuquerque, well, the Rio Rancho uh, Trump rally last night because there are some things you need to know. And, and, you know, you're going to get the truth here at the Matt Lock Show. You're going to get the truth at Lock and Load on America's Voice News. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I was blown away yesterday. I was blown away. So I flew out of Dallas-Fort Worth. I flew out of Love Field on Southwest out to Albuquerque on Sunday. Landed at about, I don't know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, mountain time. So, you know, in and out real quick, um, just a fast trip to cover the Trump rally for America's Voice News. And this was my first time. So, by the way, thank you for all of you who watched, because this is my first time doing this. I've never been in the field. I've never had an an earpiece in. I've never had someone talking in my, I mean, I've had people talking in my head, but those are my voices, not theirs, right? I mean, we can talk about that. I got a lot... I hear a lot of voices. I'm just going to tell you. A lot of stuff goes on in this noggin of Matlock. But I'm I'm on stage. I'm sunburnt. And I'm going to tell you that story, too. So arrive in Albuquerque Sunday night, right? About 5 o'clock. Get settled into my hotel. You know, unpack. Get everything hung up because I'm wearing my suit jacket. Got my button-down shirt. I've ironed everything. All ready for tomorrow. I'm that guy. I want to be ready when it all hung up because Monday is going to be a long day. And everybody says, you know, I want to tell you something here. <laughs> I love, love, love what I do. Do, do not take this in any other way other than me loving what I do. Because right now, I can tell you I am so blessed with what's going on in my life currently. Just so blessed professionally, right? But people don't realize how much work goes on behind the scenes to do what we do. I did not, I'm going to tell you, my first time on television. I mean, I do I do a show for America's Voice News. I sit here in my little bunker, my little studio. I got a green screen. I got the cameras. I got the lighting. It's real easy because I just get to talk into the microphone, and everybody in Denver runs the dang on thing because they're all laughing at me out there. It's the first time I've met these people, right? I've been on America's Voice News before. They know who I am, but I've been on America's Voice News before. This is the first time I'm back. It's been a week. I mean, today has been a week that I started back with America's Voice, right? I have never been in the field. But I'm telling all these guys out there that I'm meeting that are behind the scenes that run the place, that make America's Voice who it is, right? And they're doing all kinds of other stuff. They're on the ground people. They're camera and production and all that stuff. So they know who I am, but they don't catch lock and load. They don't catch the TV show, right? So I'm telling them how it works. And in here, I'll tell you how it works too. I'm sitting behind my microphone like I'm doing my podcast right now. I've got two cameras on me. I've got green screens and some lighting, and they run everything from Denver. I mean, it's that simple. All I do is pipe my board into their software. They run everything else. It's easy. I hit a clock because I have segments. Way we go. I've been doing that for six years. So 
doing the television show from my little studio here in Fort Worth, piece of cake. Being on the road, not a piece of cake. I mean, you do not realize how much work goes into setting up tech, sound, video, all the stuff that goes into setting it up, and then all the stuff you do. Like, so here's the deal. Get in Sunday night, get everything ready to go, go to dinner with the producer and couple of the other guys and we're talking about what's going to happen on Monday. We're having a couple beers, just talking about things over, you know, and he's like, we're going to go set up. Uh, we got to get there. We got to get our spot on the risers because these risers, I mean, when Trump does a rally, they have these risers that are straight across from Trump. I mean, we were literally straight. Ac- I was straight across from Trump. When I was broadcasting live, I was right in front of the podium where Trump was going to speak. So we're on the second row. The first row is all the national networks, CNN, Fox, MSLSD, and any of the local channels there in New Mexico. You get the first row of the scaffolding, the, 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 the little stages across, the little sca- the scaffolding stuff, the, you know, the, the temporary deal for the press, right? Because those big dogs, and I'm using air quotes, you don't want anybody walking in front of you. Because there's three levels to these scaffolding, right? So you got the the big boys on the front scaffolding, and they're like stair steps. So they're the lowest, and then it steps up a stair about two feet. And then you had us, America's Voice, and all of the mid-tier. And then on the back stair, you had all the stills and, and, and the independents and the little guys. And, I mean, there are there must have been just in the media section alone, there were probably... I don't know, 25 cameras, all live broadcasting it, streaming it, whatever the hell they do, CNN, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, I mean, all the players, all there, right? So I am literally right across the way from the podium where the president's going to speak. And I'm there, and we're getting ready, and, and, and we use these little deals. You put this little thing in your ear. I, I got in-ear monitor, so I hear really well in the studio because they're meant to do that. The in-ear monitors, and I don't hear anybody but me. I hear me, I make sure my levels are good, I make sure the sound's working, I make sure my board's on, all that stuff. It's kind of nice in the field, didn't have to do anything like that, but it's hard work because you're trying to get the sound right, trying to get microphones to work, trying to get your in-ear AFB to work, you're trying to get all this stuff to work, you're trying to hear the control room because they're talking to you, and then of course I'm, I'm connecting back with the show that's currently going on at America's Voice to give them live up-to-date commentary. It was a lot of work. <laughs> and on top of all of that, you're all going to chuckle and giggle, but I'm hard of hearing. If you had, I mean, there's a reason I'm loud. It's because I don't hear real well. So Harry, the on-location producer, he says, you probably ought to put that AFB in your other ear. I said, I won't be able to hear it. I, I only have 45% hearing in my left ear. And the, 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 the venue there, the Santa Ana Center, so loud. I mean, they're blaring music over the loudspeakers. You can barely hear yourself think your teeth are chattering. And then I've got this producer in my ear saying, Matlock, Matlock, can you hear me? Barely. Oh, okay. Can you turn up your, no, there's no volume on these things. I'm looking. So Harry, the producer gives me a little amplifier deal. So we plug that in. I amplify the thing all the way up. I can barely hear the studio back in Denver. Uh, Just picture this. Picture trying to hear someone whisper from across the football field. It's what it sounds like in your ear. You're like, huh? What did 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 that? What she say in my? What the producers? Oh, okay. So I I I was winging some of it. Don't don't tell anybody. I told you that though. Especially not America's Voice, even though they listen. But anyway, it was hard to hear. It was hard to hear. We got it fixed, though. And I'll tell you, for I did not know what to expect. I did not know what to expect for my first time doing that. And I, I'll, I'll, I will say one thing. I had an absolute blast. I mean, I had an absolute blast because I got to walk around. I got to talk to people on the ground. I got to do interviews. I got to talk to important people. I got to see Trump. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. I want to take a quick moment. Head over to CombatFlipFlops.com. Use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E, L-O-C-K-E-2-5. Get you 25% off anything on their website today, tomorrow, and the next day. That's good. They like me. Griffin Lee over there, they like me, so that Lock Two Five is going to last a while. But their flip flops are amazing. I wore their, I wore the uh, Zero Rise 
floperators around Albuquerque. When I wasn't in my cowboy boots, because I wore my cowboy boots for the live thing, I was all, had my boot cut jeans on, my cowboy boots, but I did take my combat flip-flops and I walked around them. I actually walked down, here's a funny story, Sunday night in Albuquerque. We're going to talk about combat flip-flops here. I'm in Albuquerque. I don't have a car because I Ubered from the airport. And I asked the front desk lady, I said, you know, any place where I can just get a beer? You know, it's Sunday night. We ate at Applebee's, which is right down the road. And, you know, I'm like, ah, I just want to, you know, I want to get a six-pack of beer or a 12-pack and bring it back to the room. And if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know this, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I said, any place to go? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, there's an Albertsons, like, 0.3 miles down the road. I'm like, eh, all right, it's nice. I landed in Albuquerque. It was like 68 degrees, not a lick of humidity. It was fantastic. I'm in a pair of golf shorts, my combat flip-flops, and a T-shirt. So I walked in my combat flip-flops, 0.3 miles, down to the Albertsons, bought two six-packs of Santa Fe Brewing. One was the Happy Camper and one was the 7K IPA. And walked back in my combat flip-flops. I'm going to tell you, my combat flip-flops, I'll tell you, my feet were so cushiony, easy to walk in. I mean, you can walk anywhere in these, these things. I mean, their flip-flops are top-notch. If you want a pair, head over to combatflipflops.com. Use lock two five, you'll save twenty five percent off today. Bad for running, worse for fighting. All right, so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to spend the next ten minutes. I want to talk about this Trump rally because I'm going to tell you, the mainstream media, they are not telling us the truth. I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you firsthand, which is really weird, and what really blew me away was the atmosphere I saw at the rally. You cannot get a good sense of what happens at a Trump rally until you're there. And some of you, I'm sure, have went. Some of you, I'm sure, have went to a Trump rally. You've checked it out. You've been somewhere, wherever he's been at. You went and saw him. But, I mean, it is like a damn circus. It's like a rock show. It's like, a rock, it's like people are waiting in line for KISS concert tickets. It's that crazy. I mean, and the crazy thing about it is... All kinds of Trump swag. People are laughing. They're clapping. They're talking. They're hanging out. I mean, everybody's in a great mood. They're jovial. It's crazy. And every person I talked to was very polite, very respectful, and love this country and President Trump. And now I'm going to tell you a little story. I think it's really quite interesting what they do here. And it irritates me a lot because you see all this firsthand when, you, when you're there. So I'm in Albuquerque. This Santa Ana Center holds about 7,500 people. It's not a big arena, right? And it is in the middle of nowhere. Seriously. It's like a 15-minute drive from Rio Rancho, New Mexico. It has a Rio Rancho, Rio Rancho address, but it's about a 15-minute drive from my hotel. So I get out in the middle, and all you've really got is this, this, this stadium out there. It's in the middle of nowhere, right? And so we get there, and we set up, and I interview this, uh, this uh, I think his name, what? Clarkson was his last name. He's running for Senate for uh, New Mexico. Gavin, Gavin Clarkson. I knew I would figure it out. He's running against uh, Tom. Well, he's not running against Tom Udall is uh, retiring out there. So we're trying to get that seat back to red. So there's another seat that's in play that I didn't even realize. I, I've never been to New Mexico. First time. I'll tell you, beautiful. Weather was beautiful. No humidity. I got there. It was 68 degrees. The day of the rally, I'm in a pair of jeans, my cowboy boots. I've got a button up shirt on, got a button up long sleeve shirt and my, my, my blazer, my suit jacket. Right. And I'm running around out there and it's only 70 degrees. It's cloudy. It's beautiful. It's refreshing. The breeze is blowing. People are having fun, having, you know, not, not paying any attention. And I'm a hat guy. You guys know this. I wear my hat 99% of the time. And ABN said, you know, Matlock, we would rather you not wear your hat. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And since you're going to be our lead, we, we'd like to have you in a at least a button-up shirt. And I said, all right, I'll wear my button-up and my, my suit jacket. I've got a few suit jackets. I mean, I got clothes, right? So I said, okay. But I'm running around this thing, 
And people are lined up. I mean, it's crazy. Let me let me tell you. Let me give you some kind of a uh, visual to this. So if you're facing the arena, there's like they have this section. They have this big section sectioned off for people to wait in line because hell, there are people that are sleeping overnight to wait for to wait to get in because you got tickets online, but it was first come first seat where you know you had to be there to get your your seat. There was no assigned seats, right? So people were in line the night before. But there was a, a section in front of the stadium. They had all sectioned off, probably about as big as, probably about as wide as a football field, and twice as long. So you know, 200 yards long, and I think a football field's like 50 or 60 yards wide. But that is just crammed full of people, crammed full. So I would say just in that area alone. In, in my estimate, and I don't know the head count, there was probably somewhere in the neighborhood, I would say, three to 4,000 people. Uh, not bad. 7,500-person arena. You know, no big deal. So the local news stations there, this is what I'm talking about, the dishonesty that we're seeing currently with our media. Because they were flying drones and taking pictures of the crowd, Right. Well, on the nightly news last night, as I got back into the hotel after everything was over, they were showing pictures of the rally, and they only they showed a picture of the rally at like 9 a.m. in the morning, when only that two football fields was full. So later in the day, just to show you what happens with the media and what goes on with the dishonesty of it, that football field uh, area was packed. And so then they wound around beside the area and they started putting up gates. So imagine you got the football field, right? You got the two football fields. So it winds around to if you're staring at it, if you're staring if you're standing in front of it, staring straight at it, it would wind to your left. And it wound around alongside the outside and then it wound around in a snake type deal back, a snake type deal back and a snake type. So think about it. It it, it went down, turned left, came all the way down to the front. Turned right, went all the way to the back. Turned left, came all the way to the front, and turned right and went all the way to the back again. Okay? And you probably have another, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 people there. So now we're at four to 5,000 people, right? Well, then that line started all the way around behind the football fields, the 200 yards of football fields, went all the way around behind the football fields, came over to the other side. So now if you're looking at it, it came over to the right, and it wound its way down about eight or ten times. And then it started winding its way up the hill and then out by the street. And the next thing you know, I'll bet you there were 12,000 people standing outside waiting to get in. The drone put a picture up on the local news in Albuquerque of about two to 3,000 people there. It's so dishonest to watch the way these people operate. There were so many people there. And when it was all said and done, we got in, because I'm going to finish this up, and I want to talk about some other things here in this last half hour. But when we got in, we had to go through the Secret Service because we're press. So we had to be, all of our equipment had to be looked at. We had to be looked at. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of suspicious looking anyway, right? So we all had to be looked at, patted down. They wand us and all that stuff because the president, right? So anyway, the guy at the door for Secret Service, I said, how many? are going to be in here tonight. He says, well, they're going to let in 9,000. Now, I don't know if you all saw, but I put a video out. I was, I was Trump was talking, so I grabbed my phone because I wasn't saying anything. I didn't have to do anything while Trump talked. So I grabbed my phone. And I took a video of a 360 around that stadium, packed to the rafters. And there wasn't a, 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 a spare spot. There wasn't a free spot on the floor of that stadium. Packed, 9,000 strong. And I will bet you there were three to 4,000 people outside watching it on this humongous jumbo screen. Hey, you, you, you cannot understand the magnitude of what this looks like in a state that is bright blue. I can't imagine what a state like Texas or Indiana or a bright red state would look like when Donald Trump came to it. Because here is New Mexico that has voted for one Republican for president since 1992. Do that math real quick. And that was George W. Bush in 04. 
which I don't know why you'd ever vote for W. Bush. But Gary Johnson did come from, from there. He got a lot of votes in 16 on the Libertarian ticket because he was the governor of New Mexico. But Trump, I mean, amazing. Speech, amazing. And, and, and literally said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get Mexico. And I'm thinking to myself, I interviewed Kylie McEnany, who is the national press secretary. I interviewed Tim Murtaugh, who is the communications director, and they both said, we have numbers that lead us to believe that New Mexico is in play. And I think Tim told me in one of the interviews, I think Tim told me in the interview, he says, the, the president isn't about photo shoots. The president isn't about going somewhere just to get his picture taken. The president's time's valuable. And he shows up when he thinks he can get it done. And I'm going to tell you, it was crazy how many people were in, in Rio Rancho watching the president cheering. I mean, Hispanics, Indians, Native Americans. In, in Trump's speech, I know you, a lot of you watched on America's Voice last night, the guy is just a master. He is just a master of playing to the crowd, of saying that the red meat stuff. I mean, it was exactly, I mean, he touched on everything from, from 2A to abortion to the economy to the, the Democrats. I mean, it, it, unbelievable. To the drug crisis, to the wall, to Hispanics. I mean, I don't know how he finds time to, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, where does he find the time as president of the United States to understand all of this? Where does he, because heck, I read every day. I know where I get my information. It's just amazing to me how much information President Trump had. There you go. I was blown away. My first time on TV in my final story here, it was 71 degrees. Beautiful. Cloudy. Wasn't sunny. Wasn't real sunny. Cloudy. Nice breeze. Wasn't hot. I'm out there in a pair of jeans, button-up shirt, full suit jacket on. Did not sweat. Felt fine, right? Well, I wear a, I wear a baseball hat. 99% of the time. So my forehead never gets any sun on it. My face does all the time. Didn't even think about that. From my eyes down, from my, my from my eyeballs down, chin, ears, all that, all tan. Always outside. Going to go play golf this afternoon, right? Always have a hat on. So that bill's always covering my forehead. So I didn't think, I mean, the sun wasn't out. Wasn't hot. I didn't think it was going to be affected. I didn't even think about taking sunscreen. And of course, what happens? I go inside. All of a sudden, my face starts getting hot. Sunburn. And yeah, it's it, it. It looked like I got a lot of sun on TV. It makes me irritable. It's the only thing I didn't like about the whole damn thing. I thought I blew it out of the water on the on the the commentary. I looked like a bright red tomato. And of course, my wife let me know it, along with all of you guys. Thanks a lot. Nah, love you all. Anyway, all right, we're gonna we're gonna switch subjects here, and uh, I want I want you to head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. Scarsandstripescoffee.com, S-C-A-R-S, scarsandstripescoffee.com. Empower a veteran. They got fantastic coffee. It's a great website. Chad over there, the owner, has made an e-commerce website that allows veterans to own their own business. They can, they can start their own business. They can sell Scars and Stripes coffee. They can sell the merchandise. They can sell anything that's on the website, and they get a commission. It's a fantastic deal. They're self-employed. They can have a mission. They're grouped up with other veterans because they're all veterans. So if you know a veteran or you love the veterans and want to support them, head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com or some coffee. Or some coffee, get a shirt, whatever you want to do. The link's up on my website, thematlockshow.com. You can do that. And by the way, Matlock Show, T-shirts are available. Hats are on order. I got a couple of you. Um, they're supposed to be in. She's telling me by the end of this week. So... Hoping to see them by Thursday or Friday. I will have them in the mail ASAP as soon as I get my hands on them because I do all my merchandise. So bear with me. You guys have been fantastic. You ran through my first hats like Sherman through Georgia. It was crazy. So now I've got them on reorder. It takes a couple weeks because they're embroidered. I ordered a couple dozen more. We should be okay. I'll stay in front of that from here on out. But they are reordered. I will get them out to you as soon as I can over at thematlockshow.com. Head to the shop. It's all up there right now. All right. So a couple stories that I want to uh, get to. Obviously, this Kavanaugh story is huge. The New York Times is such a piece of shit. I don't know how else to say It's not journalism. It is not journalism. And I want you to think about this for a second. You know, the only reason, and I covered this story backwards and forwards when it happened. The left hated the fact 
that Trump was going to get two conservative judges on the Supreme Court. And Ballsy Ford's attorney pretty much came out about, I don't know, a week or two ago and said, yeah, none of it was really true, but now you know there's an asterisk beside Kavanaugh's name. What? Well, there's an asterisk. Now, you know, he'll be forever remembered at all parlor tricks, my friends. This is all bullshit. Bravo, Sierra. That's all it is. And all they wanted to do was drag Brett Kavanaugh's good name through the mud. And now what do they want to do again? Oh, let's impeach him. He he, mis- he had sexual misconduct with another woman in college. And oh, by the way, the person accusing him is a attorney for Hillary Clinton. Huh. You know, supposedly at a drunken... I mean, I wish I would have went to Yale. I mean, the parties must have been epic, according to the left. I mean, there's naked women running around. Everybody's drunk. It's a free-for-all orgy. By the way, the left makes it sound, and how they make it sound like Brett Kavanaugh's running around with his Peter out for every woman to grab. Dude's a stud, if that's the case. I mean, he was drinking beer, training chicks, running around with his junk out. I mean, this guy's a damn hero. <laughs> I kid, but here we are. I mean, they make this dude out to be a serial effing rapist. Yeah, I want to say the F word so bad, but I'm not going to. These people are crazy. And they're going to drag a good man's name through the mud for what? That's the question you got to ask today. Because that's the question that came to my mind as soon as I heard about the story. Why? What could, I mean, did they not run his good name through the mud enough the first go around? Did they not vet him good enough the first go around? Did they not find out that all these women who were supposed to be believed were lying through their damn teeth? I mean, what what else do you need? But here we go. You got Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, uh, Francis. Oh, God. We need to impeach Kavanaugh. We need to impeach Kavanaugh. Over a story that's not even a story. The New York Times ought to be ashamed of themselves. I was listening to Rush Limbaugh on the way back from the airport today. He was talking a little bit about this. And I'm not going to mimic him, but damn, he was right. The New York Times is no longer journalism. It just isn't. You should not be shocked that the New York Times wrote this hit piece. Because the media today is just a wing of the Democrat Party. It's just a propaganda wing of the freaking Democrat Party. That's all it is. And they hate the fact, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little theory here. I'm going to give you a theory as to what I think is currently happening today. And I don't think I'm far off of this, and I don't think anybody's going to say it, but I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is about dead. There, I said it. I mean, is it? do you not find this incredible? I'm going to tell you, because I do. Do you not find it incredible that about every two months, Ruth Bader Ginsburg comes down with a different form of cancer or a different cancer somewhere, and miraculously, a month later, she's fine and back on the court and healthy again? I mean, does no, does anybody else other than me not find that just a shit bit weird, sketchy, hard to believe? I mean, how in the world? I mean, you know, first of all, she fell down, broke her ribs, had cancer. Then she's got this spot in her pancreas and she's got this and she's got this and she goes through this. And miraculously, I mean, it is literally like a miracle that a week, two, three, four, six weeks later, She's up running around. Oh, she's in great health. We heard from her. We saw pictures. She was at the the gala and da da da. And it's like, how? Do you think someone's trying to distract you? Seriously. Why else? Why else would you want? Why would you be doing this? What are you going to impeach Brett Kavanaugh over? And, and the thing is, this is the thing that uh, that uh, Rush was talking about today. The New York Times is a joke. It's a joke. It's not journalism. I mean, it's smut. It's propaganda. So it, it, it's a part of the Democrat Party. But they literally wrote an article where the editors, you know, supposedly they wrote an article and said, you know what, well, hey, you know, here's the article. But the actual, you know, the actual woman who uh, said she was part of the molestation, the, the assault, um, yeah, it didn't happen. Oh, well, we're going to take that out of the story, the editors say. So now you don't know that the woman said that. So now it's just a smear campaign by the New York Times to go after one Brett Kavanaugh. 
That is, I, Brett Kavanaugh should sue the New York Times back to the Stone Age. It, it is outright slander or libel or whichever one it is, the written word. I think it's libel, but it's stupid. And now you've got one of the squad, Miss Ayanna Presley, who's out of Massachusetts. She's one of those four freshman congresswomen. She's planning today to introduce a resolution seeking, get this, once again, this is the crazy thing too. She's seeking an impeachment inquiry. Where have we heard that before? Seriously, where have we heard about an impeachment inquiry? Watch Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler, I talked about that article the other day. I think it was last week. Doug Collins came out from the great state of Georgia and said, you know what? Jerry Nadler's not even following the rules. He's starting an impeachment inquiry and he's just circumventing the rules. He's just doing whatever the hell he wants to do. He's going to set up the inquiry first, come back and try to get the approval second, and do everything ass backwards. Here you go. Now we've got an impeachment inquiry into Supreme Court of Justice Brett Kavanaugh. These people don't ever stop. I mean, do your damn job. Why? I mean, he's been nominated for the Supreme Court. It's over. You lost. You lost the election. Trump won. You lost Gorsuch. You lost Kavanaugh. Suck it up, buttercup. Move on and do your damn job. All these people, they're pissed. They don't, I'll tell you what, they're not used to losing. That's really, the the, the 30,000 foot view here, they don't like losing. And they don't like the fact that they can't defeat Donald Trump. Because like I said, Donald Trump's a winner. Donald Trump's a winner. And I'm telling you, that dude's got balls the size of, I'm telling you, he's got balls the size of Albuquerque. I mean, who else? I'm, I'm sorry, but what other, could you think of anybody else right now Who could be doing what he's doing? Look at the atmosphere in our politics we're currently dealing with. And just imagine a, I don't know, a Jeb Bush. I don't know, a Scott Walker. Or I don't know who, I mean, there are are a bunch of them. Ran a Marco Rubio, maybe a Ted Cruz. I don't know. Could you imagine any other candidate not crumbling under the idiocy that is the left? And here's another attack. And I'm telling you, this attack, this is my personal opinion. I take this for what it is. I don't have any proof. No one has told me this. I'm trying to give you all kinds of of precursors here, right? Preconditions. I've not been told this. But I'm going to tell you, I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg's in bad shape. And I think the left knows it. I think this is a distraction campaign to get you to look somewhere else. Because what they have to do, and I would not be surprised about this at all. Because think about it. Where are we at right now? We're in September of 2019. What has the left always said? You know, And what happened with Merrick Garland? Let's go back in history. Of course, the final year. Of President Barack Obama's uh, final term of president that last year, um, the Republicans said, yeah, you know, we ought to probably wait till this upcoming election to nominate a Supreme Court justice because they put up Merrick Garland. Well, Obama did. And Mitch McConnell wouldn't bring him up for a vote. A vote. So here we are. What do you think the left's doing? The left is playing the game that the right played. And I'm telling you, they should have brought if they'd have been smart, and I gotta take a drink here. My throat's dry after being out in the desert. Sorry about that. Plus, I'm yelling. If they, if the Republic, <clears throat> excuse me, if the Republicans would have been smart with Merrick Garland, they would have put him up for a vote. A vote. I don't think he would have gotten nominated because at that time we still weren't at the nuclear option. It would have taken sixty votes, and I don't think he would have got it. So I think this is gonna come back and bite him in the butt a little bit, right? But they didn't put him up. And they played some gamesmanship, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. I agreed with the strategy because it was the right strategy at the time. I I do believe people should have the right to determine. And in your final year of your two terms of president, me and a lame duck, I don't think you should, I I, I don't, I I shouldn't say this, but I think the people should have the opportunity to vote. 
And they did. And of course, we got Gorsuch and we got Kavanaugh. But now, you know what they're going to do? The left is holding off as long as they can because they want to get where? Into the final year of Donald Trump's presidency, they think. I mean, I think the guy's got another five years. I mean, I watched him last night in Albuquerque. I, I'm telling you, when you watch him in person, I, I, I've told you the story of going to the fire station in Kinderville, Indiana, when Hillary Clinton was running against Barack Obama back in 2008. And I watched Bill Clinton give a little stump speech in Kinderville, Indiana, and I swear to you, when I walked out of that fire station, I thought I was a Democrat. Bill Clinton was that good when it came to understanding the crowd, saying the things, the rhythm, the cadence, the, you know, the, the voice, the inflection, all the things you have to do to be kind of a showman. Because when you're the president, you kind of got to be a showman, right? Bill Clinton could do that. I'm telling you, last night, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Rio Rancho, I watched the president, and, and I've always said this, I always thought the president was a horrible speaker when it came to being on that teleprompter. I mean, I, I will give Barack Obama his, his just credit. That dude could read a teleprompter. He was slick. He had a good, he had a good rhythm and cadence and a delivery from that teleprompter that Trump just didn't have. I mean, when Trump first started talking on that teleprompter, it was rough. It was hard to listen to. But I'll tell you, last night, I would, you wouldn't have known he was talking on a teleprompter. He has gotten that good. He has warmed up that well. And I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. If New Mexico's in play, the Democrats are in big trouble. And right now, there isn't a Democrat in the party that has a snowball's chance in hell of duplicating anything Trump does. You, the, Elizabeth Warren can't fill a gymnasium. They're like, oh, well, Elizabeth got 10000 and 15000 Yeah, one time. One time. They're overflowing Trump's rallies. I mean, they're outside watching on jumbotrons. They're partying. I mean, it's just crazy. But anyway, anyway, I want to get back to what I was saying. They think, the left, that this is going to be the final year, the lame duck year of Trump. And they're trying to hold off. I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is already incapacitated. I really do. I think they're just trying to buy time here. I think this is what's going on with the impeachment. Of course, the upper-level Democrats are like, no, 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 no. Steny Hoyer came out and said, you know what? We got to stop this. We, we got to stop this. We cannot be known as the impeachment party in Congress. We just can't sit here and impeach, 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 impeach. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is not going to go anywhere, and actually it's probably going to gain steam because you've got Kamala Harris, you've got Elizabeth Warren, you've got Cory Booker, you've got Pete Buttigieg, you've got Francis, and you've got Julian Castro, who all came out and called for impeachment. All of them. Think about that. you got one, two, three, four, five. You have six of the 10 that were on stage calling for Kavanaugh's impeachment. Now, you've got Stani Hoyer saying, uh, guys, uh, uh, we, need to, we need to back this up a little bit. Um, we can't be known. We're just going to become known as the party of impeachment. That's, that's, not, that's not what we want. And, of course, today Lewandowski is up on the hill about impeachment of the president, and that didn't go well. I'll talk about that tomorrow. And then on top of all that, let's talk about the Democrat debate, shall we? I said I was going to do that yesterday, and then, of course, I did that fine, fine interview with Rudy Reyes, so that just didn't seem right. But I live-tweeted the Democrat debate, and, of course, a lot of you followed along, and I don't know. I'm telling you right now, how in the hell did the hashtag locked and loaded not trend? And you want to hear something cool? I'm normally not a big fangirl. I'm not. I'm really weird about that. You know, I've met Lou Ferrigno. I've met um, Jesse James. I've met, I mean, I've met a lot of people that are, you know, kind of popular. Uh, Jace uh, Robertson 
from Duck Dynasty. I mean, that kind of stuff. I hate to say it. My wife's always like, why didn't you get a selfie? Or Roger Clemens. I just never think about it. Because I don't look at them like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, they're people like you and I. I mean, they get up. You know, they did something crazy. I mean, maybe they were a great baseball pitcher like Roger Clemens. Or, you know, maybe they did something that was, you know, worthy of, of saying, oh, my God, look at that. But <laughs> I'm live tweeting the Democrat debate on Thursday night, and Adam Baldwin followed me. Now, I love Adam Baldwin. So one of my favorite shows of all time, and this is kind of the nerd that I am, was Chuck. With uh, uh, Zachary Levi, I think is 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 I think it's Zachary Levi who plays Chuck, and then you had the Straskowski lady that played uh, the blonde, and, and then the little Gomez guy that played the little nerd, and they worked at the Buy More, and you know Adam Baldwin was the the CIA operative with the little blondie girl where they were going around, they made Chuck got the whole thing in his head and all that stuff, right? But I love Adam Baldwin; he's an actor, right? Very, very conservative. Well, on Thursday night, I'm tweeting out. Next thing I know, I see it on my phone. Adam Baldwin just followed you on Twitter. I'm like, son bitch. I just got followed by Adam Baldwin. Now, I'm going to tell you, he's got about a million followers. And he follows about eight or 900 people, and I'm one of them. <laughs> so that makes me feel pretty good. But the Democrat debates. I mean, what a shit show that was, right? And... There were some moments. Um, I can tell you who I thought won. I can tell you who I thought got in the the best jabs. I think Julian Castro probably by far got the best jab in when uh, I think we all remember this because he said that uh, Biden had forgotten what he had already said. And, and you knew somebody was going to do that. You know, it had been the story the whole week that Biden was having trouble with memory and not remembering what he said or where he's at. And all that. So I was just a, a low-hanging fruit, Julian. But hey, anyway, I mean, good for him because we talked about it before all that happened. Somebody had to throw a grenade. They had no choice. You got Warren, you got Sanders, and you got Biden. And then you got all the others, right? Kamala Harris, I'll tell you, I can. I don't know what it is about that woman. But I can't stand to listen to her talk. But she did the one thing that stood out to me. She went after Trump more than any of them. And, and what she was trying to do, you know, I mean, you follow the logic. She wants to separate herself by saying, you know, hey, I'm the front runner. I'm going to go after Trump. Hell with you guys. And the funny thing that really cracks me up about the Democrat debate is, of course, all of these Democrats in the know, you know, these, these, uh, um, advocates, these correspondents, these directors, these better than you and I, right? They're all clutching their pearls in the corner because they hate the fact that they went after themselves. And even at one time, I'm going to tell you what, what just, I, I giggled at was when uh, Klobacher. Oh, guys, this isn't the tone that we need. Nobody wants to see this. And then Julian Castro said, uh, it's a debate. Thank you. You're there to argue. You're there to disagree. You're there to fight about your opinions. You're there to fight for your plan. What are you going to do? Well, I'm Amy Klobacher. Nah, everybody doesn't want to see this. Nobody wants to watch us fight. No, your higher-ups don't want to watch you fight. America wants you to go away because we know you're full of shit. I mean, what you know, you know, I got out of that entire Democrat debate. They're all full of shit. Ain't one of them done a damn thing to help this country do anything, but yet they want to tell you they're going to give you everything free. And then you got Boudigay up there. Well, Jesus, and I'm proud, and, I, and I'm going to take your in. Of course, Francis, I'm going to take your AR. We're going to come get it. And now they're all pissed. Have you noticed that the Democrats are all pissed at Francis because he let the cat out of the bag. Meow. You can't let that cat out of the bag. Meow, meow, meow. There you go. He just... He, he jumped the gun, jumped the shark, cart before the horse. I mean, he said, you know the whole, you know the Democratic Party believes that? You know the Democratic believe they, they want to take your guns. In their minds, they want to take your guns. They, they need to. They can't govern if you can fight back. They can, well, I, I, can't, I shouldn't say govern. They cannot take over our constitutional republic and change it to what they want while you are still armed. And old Francis just let the cat out of the bag. Meow. And now AR-15s 
are flying off the shelf. He, he's a great salesman. You know what the really crazy thing is? Old Francis probably couldn't, he probably couldn't pass a background check to buy one himself. <laughs> That's the silly thing about all of this. The, you had 10 candidates on a stage talking about things they didn't even know about. That's the problem. Here you have, I'm going to tell you the difference right now as I wrap up this program. I've got about five minutes. These people are running on promises that they're going to do something, and President Trump is running on solutions he's already accomplished. Think about that. I want you to think about that for one second. Here you have a Joe Biden who by far and none lost that debate on Thursday. Looked like a dodgering fool. Almost lost his teeth at one point. I even commented on Twitter. I said, like his teeth are not letting him talk. It's really weird. And he's old. And he's old. But you've got folks like Biden. you got folks like Warren. you got folks like Bernie who have been in government for 30 plus years who haven't done a damn thing. And they're out there telling you, vote for me and I will fix it. Why haven't you fixed it in the first 30 years if you're going to fix it now? And what is Trump running on? Solutions. He's already fixed it. I mean, Trump at the rally was talking about unemployment. At the rally, he was talking about wages. At the rally, he was talking about median incomes. At the rally, he was talking about how minorities are making more money, how they're doing better, how unemployment's lower. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm thinking to myself, how do, how, what, what would you do? If you're a Democrat, what would you do? Well, the Democrats are telling you what they're going to do. They want the economy to crash. They need America to fail. That's the bottom line. They need America to fail. Why? So then they can blame it on Trump. Because they, they, they can't beat him. They don't have a single issue where they can beat Donald Trump. Money talks in the BS walks, and Donald Trump has fulfilled almost every promise that he has put forward. And he said at the rally in New Mexico, he says, guys, don't stop now. I've planted the tree. Let's water it. Let's water the doggone thing. Let's make it grow. I've planted the seeds. It's there. The tree is growing. Let's water it. Let's. You have no other choice. And he's absolutely right. And the energy, so amazing. And the Democrats, so ridiculous. I mean, their platform is so ridiculous. I don't know how you could vote for them. Well, I don't know what you would vote for. I just don't know what you would vote for as a Democrat. That's how scary sad it is. And when you see the energy, you see the people. And in New Mexico, I'm going to tell you right now, I was talking about this last night, and I'll end the program on this. Donald Trump is going to win states that you would never expect him to win. New Mexico could be one of them. New Hampshire could be one of them. Nevada could be one of them. I mean, there are states out there, Maine could be one of them, where Donald Trump comes in, or even a Virginia. It, it, it is wild. And, and I'll tell you, Tim Murtaugh, director of communications for the White House, says, do not underestimate this president. Do not underestimate our numbers. We know where we stand. We've got our finger on the pulse. We know what you guys are doing. President Trump understands you, and you're going to see, I'm telling you, there are a sil- there's a silent majority in this country that is going to come like a tidal wave in 2020. And, and Trump, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to take it easy. I don't want to give away all my tricks yet because we're not even campaigning yet. I'm just out here pre-campaigning. Wait till I get into the campaign. You wait to see what comes. You wait to see the stuff that comes out. And I'm telling you, politics is nothing more than timing, and Trump is sitting on the goods. It's just as easy as that. The mainstream media is lying to you. They're not giving you the full picture of what's happening out there in the country. They're not covering these rallies at all the way they should be. And I'm so glad America's Voice is. And I'll be covering a lot more. I'm going to be out there. So just to let you know, I'm going to be out there a lot more wearing sunscreen. That way I don't get a sunburn. 
It was only 71 degrees. It was cloudy. I mean, the breeze was blowing. How do you get a sunburn on my little virgin, my virgin white foreheaded skin? That's it, guys, gals. It's Tuesday. Glad you were along. Um, I'm sorry it's late. Blame it on the president. But he won again. All right, guys, head over to the matlockshow.com. T-shirts, hats are up. Follow me. Share, share, share. Lock and loads back up tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern, America's Voice News, iOS, Android, I don't know, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Stick, all the places you can find it. But for today, the Matlock Show is out. I've got to tell you about this cool show I discovered called Small Business Revolution Main Street. It's a business makeover show with tons of awesome advice. What I love about it is they do it all with heart, not the hyped up drama of those other shows we've all seen. Ty Pennington, the renovation guy, he's on it. And Amanda Brinkman, this marketing guru from Deluxe. Definitely check it out. You can watch it on Hulu, Prime, or smallbusinessrevolution.org. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33.